the geek shall inherit the earth. It, it looks like are you on? It looks like you're on a park bench. No, no, I'm, I'm on my bed because my children are downstairs and they're super loud because they've had a, they've had a very fun day first day back at school. So that's good. Well, hopefully they're watching Go Jet is it, about ten minutes ago. Uh, well, do you know what? They actually used to watch it. They're a little bit older now. I've got a five and. Oh. A- year old so they're a little bit older but um but yeah no they did actually used to watch it quite a lot so and i actually quite like watching it it's a great show it is a great show i love it i think it's great but they have they have started watching scooby-doo quite a bit now oh that's all they clearly have excellent taste in animated projects they 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 do absolutely they do Uh, it comes from my, my complete love of cartoons from the 90s yes well that uh, yeah and and i think my my love of animation in in the 90s came from uh, repeats from the 80s and then in the 80s i was watching stuff from the 40s without realizing it yeah. nice have like you, got, you do have you got have you got a favorite 80s cartoon that sort of inspired you to get into into oh, doing it the stacks of them i mean the, the big ones danger mouse yes it's you know as an iconic english show i mean in cosgrove hall it were you know like they were the, the, the british Hanna-Barbera of their time or, or actually that's probably e- even understating the the the, the breadth and, and the, uh, the the kind of stuff they were churning out from there um, the, you know they were leaders in stop-motion animation they were doing incredible um, cell-based animation they were really pioneering some um, new beautiful tech as well when I first started working with them but, da- but da- Danger Mouse it was just, it's one of those shows you know you, there's the stacks of those shows but everyone's yeah. got their own where you'd want to wear the t-shirt and Danger Mouse is one of them Absolutely. And it was just funny. Brilliant animation, great characters, fantastic cast, lovely writing. And then, uh, you know, with David Jason and, and Terry Scott and, and, and I was just a fan of it as a kid. You know, I love it even end. now. Even listen to it yep. now with, yep. um, uh, is it Ben Miller? Alexander Armstrong. Alexander Armstrong. It's the other one. I was getting them two mixed up. So close. So close. Yeah. And even then, now, uh, it, you know, my, 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 my kids, they watch... They watch the old stuff. They've got the old stuff on DVD and they've got the new stuff on the telly. And it's just brilliant. They love it. It's br- I even love watching Danger Mouse because I grew up with Danger Mouse, Super Ted, <laughs> Bananas in Pajamas, Raggy Dolls, all of those sorts of cartoons. Well, you look at the new Danger Mouse too. I mean, yeah, the the, the reboot of Danger Mouse, uh, I was lucky enough to work on that. So the new Danger Mouse, I, I'm the first series of that. I do... 31 characters across the first 31 series. 31 characters. Yeah, on the, uh, on the first season of it. And then on the second series, an extra 12 across the series again. <laughs> but again, it's just, no, not just, it's, it's a brilliant show. The standard of the animation on this, and it's, 
well, the backgrounds are even more detailed. The animation is probably more detailed. It's a different, you know, it's a different take on Danger Mouse, but it's still Danger Mouse. But honestly, the 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 um the orchestration, the the music, the cast they've got is absolutely amazing. But yeah, it's it, it's one of those projects where I I I really really wanted to be part of it, and I, I was fortunate they said. Um, yeah, come on. <laughs> so it was a, it's a thrill being part of that one. But you don't, you do so many. I mean, I, as I said to you when we met at Feel the Force Day, you were mm. like the voice of my childhood. <laughs> Johnny Bravo, Scooby Doo was just that was literally kind of what I watched in in the nineties. Yeah, you were just the voice of of my childhood, and it it was brilliant. And yeah, I, I just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. It makes I'm, me so happy. I'm living the dream. You're living the dream. Oh my God. Well, I wish I was living the dream. Not as much as you. I'm living a delusion every single day. You, you did the, um, didn't you do the, the American Bob the Builder? Yeah, that that was just yeah that was just after I was working on Pingu. We did about another was it hundred episodes? They did a lot of new Pingus. Um, uh, uh, hot, uh, yeah, hot animation. Um, with the people who also did the animation for Bob the Builder, and uh, I was the narrator on on all the new Pingus. So I did a load of you know new Pingu. So so as well as hearing all the new new it's Pingu, you'd hear me going, "Hello, Pingu, what's that Pingu in an igloo?" Oh, Pingu, you'd hear me doing all that stuff, and it would the animation was so good. I loved. I, I, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, grateful that I was the, the narrator for the show, but what was great, they recorded the show there. They rec- the actual voice sessions were recorded in the same building where the shows were animated. So I would spend probably as much time as I did doing the voice sessions, just going around the studios and chatting to the animators or, and the, um, the set builders and, and just watching them do it. There's a great guy called Will, and he, he, he's worked for Will Hodge. He's worked for so many um, big high-end animated projects. He, he's just one of those guys that you go to guy that just gets it done and does it to such a high standard. But Will worked on. Uh, I think I got, I got to know Will through through Pingu, and it was always a thrill to stand back and just watch him do it. You know, it's very slow. It's a painstaking process. But I, I would. Uh, I've got stacks of behind-the-scenes photos uh, of Pingu where you see all the different heads laid out and all the different mouth movements. I can imagine that it is, it, it is kind of like a... I can't even imagine it, because you've got, obviously, it's all sort of start-stop, isn't it? And the, the, I love the animation now, more so than sort of back in the 80s. I think now it's a lot cleverer I th- than what I think, it used to be. I think it's, it's just the technology evolves, but, but also you go back to, in the end, all that matters are terrific... Well, what matters, rather, are terrific characters, great performances, great stories. That's it. Yeah. So um, it, it's the same... If you think of, of the difference in technology now to, say, 1945, well, do you know what? Just because I've got a real high-end, you know... Um, touchscreen uh, computer and, uh, and a stylus it doesn't mean i can draw any better than that guy no. than chuck jones could in in the in the 40s you know when he was doing the bugs bunny and roadrunner cartoons you know the, there's i still can't draw i can't draw to save my life and i mean really it, my it, my my artistic drawing abilities completely stink and, and so that's why you, you I, I look at these gene, some of the brilliant work that's coming out right now but also some of the stuff that i grew up adoring as a kid and still you know still 
treasure now like um the work that came from warner brothers in, in like the the looney tunes and merry melodies years of things like roadrunner and bugs and daffy and foghorn lake or yep. sylvester the cat and granny and all, all this stuff and you know in, in the end a great story well told is as relevant now as it was you know way back when all this was just fields <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know it is great to see cartoons actually having proper stories and having a real, you know, an, an arc, maybe not over one episode, but over several. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and there's, um, there's a show I work on for um, CBBS called Go Jetters. Go Jetters! And I'm the, I was going to say evil. Your Grandmaster, evil. Grandmaster Glitch. Grandmaster Glitch. <laughs> and he's, he's not bad. He's just misunderstood. And, <laughs> That's what uh, everybody says. Yes. And, and Glitch is, you know, he's the dream character to play because he comes on, you know, eat, you know, eats the eats up the furniture and then runs off again. And, and he's playful and naughty, and you know, everybody wants to play the bad guy. But I, I adore playing Glitch. But the show itself is it's so good. It's not just because I work on it, actually, because I work on it, not because I work on it. The the cast are terrific. The um, the music by Banks, Banks of Wag is, is so super funky. The animation's uh, wonderful. The the animation studio, Blue Zoo, what they are turning out is is fabulous. It's just a really great team. These All these shows are uh, a collaboration. You, you know, you only get you only you only get a great outcome if if all the elements are, are, are right you know from from the yep. writer to the performer to the animators to everything and it, go jet is is just it doesn't matter what age you are it, it's a great show i like having it on in the background when the kids when my boys were watching it i used to love having it on in the background when they were sitting watching it because it, i would i kind of peek over at the tv and then it would sort of drag me in a little bit and i'd be like oh i you know, I'll get back to this in a minute. I just want to see what. Yeah, and, and it's it's really nice how it evolves as well. You know, it, it's it's great how you have these wonderful set pieces in Go Jetters. In the same way that I used to, as a kid, I loved it when when um you you saw them launch Thunderbird two, yes. and he would go through that whole process of down the ramp and all this, and he puts yep. his on and it and the palm trees separate, and he comes out the cave, and it, it was. It's proper showmanship. You know, this thing's a proper action adventure thing. This wasn't just a kid's show. It was a movie, you know, to me as a kid. Even now, the, the effects on it are stunning. It's brilliant. Even, yeah, I mean, I, I still, at heart, I still love the puppet on a string. I still love seeing seeing those Thunderbirds because yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they are what I grew up with. I, it's great. Well, um, I mean, coincidentally, by sheer fluke, uh, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Richard, uh, his dad did all the sound effects on Thunderbirds. No why? Yeah, Richard Taylor. His dad, John Taylor. If you look at the the if you look at the um, the credits at the end of Thunderbirds, they did um, you know the Thunder, um, sound design in Birmingham. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, more people than not would not be aware of the fact that the sound effects were done in Birmingham. And That's it, mad. All those incredible sounds. Yep, cr created um, in my home city, and um, yeah, it was the 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 level of it though was the, the standard, the benchmark of Thunderbirds was so good. You, you know yeah. that score. You you could have taken you could have made Thunderbirds really kiddie like. Yep, with a completely different soundtrack. 
but the fact they had Barry Gray's massive bombastic orchestral score, that thing's, you know, it's a it's this iconic track now. I mean, that's up there with as something as exciting and, and memorable and as important as say, you know, the, the theme from Superman or Star yep. Wars. No, one hundred percent, absolutely. It's the countdown that gets me. I love it. Five, yep. four, three, then two, not two, it's two. Yep. Like slight two. One. But uh, I mean, it's our thing. It, it's brilliant. Uh, I like the fact that FAB. Yep. You know, and you know what that stands for? I don't know. What, what does it stand for? Nothing. It just sounded good. <laughs> Fair enough. That's it. And you know what? As well, you know, with, with some projects that you work on, sometimes you just want to be in the room. And, and when they yep. did the reboot of Thunderbirds, I, I, I'm so grateful that I got brought in to play Captain Rigby. Captain Rigby in season three of Thunderbirds and the cast of Thunderbirds. It's so good. It, it, it's of such a, you know, high caliber. Yeah. Well, my kids actually do watch the new Thunderbirds on Saturday yeah. mornings. Yeah, they do watch the new ones because we've got all the toys. I've got all the original Thunderbird toys from like the oh, 80s. Wow. Unfortunately, they're I, out of boxes. Yeah, so, I was saying, you, the orig- you, you can't have original Thunderbird toys from the 80s if it was made in the 60s. Okay, well, I, well, I was born in the eighties, so for me, they're from the eighties. For <laughs> there me, you they're go. from the eighties. They're not. I they're know. Obviously... Of course, yeah. I'm kidding. Well, and uh, I'm Blue Peter when they did Tracy Island and all of that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, yes. I'm kidding. No, it, it was all that stuff. Well, one of the things I um, uh, loved working on the New Thunderbirds was being in the studio when David Crane was there, because of course David Crane was the original voice of Brains and Parker. Yes. And um, he's still the voice of Parker. But David Graham now is in his mid-90s. I was going to say, he's got to be sort of late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, he's terrific. I mean, and such a gent, but so unassuming. But yeah, I, 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 I adore um, those, those shows are timeless. And even down to, you know, all those insanely huge special effects in Thunderbirds of explosions yeah. and dynamite, all the, all of that stuff, wheels flying off airplanes, all that stuff. Um, they were done by uh, Derek Meddings who went on to be the special effects guy for Bond, for James Bond. Nice. So, you know, they, they had a, they had the A team on their side with that thing. Is that, I guess they're the sort of people that get forgotten on, on animations, aren't they? they the ones that really put the effort in in the background to, to bring it all to life. Because you can do the voices, but you need the people to put pen to paper or pen to computers or whatever to really sort of bring fighting. scenes to life. Yep, you need people that just that get it. it it's such a, a, a massive range of, of talents that go into making them what they are. Uh, and I, I really, so of course, this is you know, this is what I do for a living. I'm, I'm a voice actor, and uh, as well as you know, other bits and pieces within within TV and films and games and all this stuff. But you I, do, you've done a game, haven't you? You have done a game because when we spoke at Field of Force Day, it was a hospital game, wasn't it? Yeah, the, there's uh, the latest game is the one that you're referring to. It's called Two Point Hospital. That's it. And that came out on console this year. And there's, when you play it, there's a radio station in the background, this hospital radio station. I'm the voice of all the presenters on this hospital radio station. So there's Ricky Hawthorne, who's insanely happy about absolutely everything. And there's Nigel Bickleworth, who finds nothing other than sheer disdain for anyone other than himself. And then you have Harrison Wolf, the nighttime host, who is a total conspiracy theorist. They're watching you. Area 51 is real, man. 
and they've <laughs> they're so much fun to to perform and be part of and the game has gone it's been so successful for for us and for Sega and uh, it, it it was nominated for a BAFTA last year. And, nice. Um, and the the following that these characters have is so lovely. It's so wonderful. They, there's this whole kind of uh, fan base for these radio presenters now. So they've taken on a, a life of their own. So to be part of that, to to be the voice of those is kind of cool too. Where do you where do you get your inspiration to do the voices? Because the middle one that you did sounded very very similar to Stewie from Family Guy. No, well, that's it's that's unintentional. That really is. No, no, no. I think it's just because it's a very posh yeah. English accent. Yeah, yes, it, it's well. With those, in terms of the inspiration for them, it kind of starts out with them saying, "Here's the characteristics of each of these characters," and so then you'll have something where you go, "I, I, I that'd be funny if we did this with that," and then we can make it even more full of disdain and and uh, bile and. No, nice. or, or, or whatever it might be, or you'll or like well with the first, you know, with um, Ricky Hawthorne, you'll try something. You say he he could be quite nice if you if we performed him as a Scottish character because uh, the, the, there's some there's something beautifully endearing about it, a lovely, warm, happy, friendly Scottish voice, and uh, it it didn't matter how awful the news was that you're getting told <laughs> being told to beautifully beautifully Shirley Kay is absolutely marvelous uh, and and yeah it's that this sometimes you'll start off with an idea and it will just develop and grow and and there'll be other little bits of business you add to it and then um I mean there, there was something that I oh um this character called Slugsy in a show called Fifi and the Flower Tots that I I worked on about probably about 15 years ago with Jane Horrocks and it's 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it, it's a terrific show. It was on Milkshake on Channel 5. Oh, and, Milkshake. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm the voice of this character. Bumble, bouncing blueberries, Fifi. Fifi, forget me not. Forgot. So he's a nice little boy bee that's allergic to pollen, so he's all banged up. So there's that. But there was a slug called Slugsy, and he kind of... Um, when I was sort of creating his character voice, you kind of think, well, he's a, he's a big, you know, he's quite a, a, he's a quite a large slug with a bit of timber on him, so he's going to sound quite weighty. And I thought, well, yeah. we sort of bring him down, sort of a sort of a weighty voice. And then um, I, I heard, uh, I, I was flicking through TV channels, and I, I heard a clip from a Carry On film with Bernard Breslau. And Bernard Breslau, back in those Carry On films, he had this perpetually happy voice. Everything was sort of smiley <laughs> yeah. like that. Thing was, hey, my house is just burned down. Still, you got a laugh, ain't you? Yeah. And it's all that kind of thing. And I thought, well, that's quite a nice starting point for him. You could sort of do something like that. And then you, you sort of marry, look at, the, look at the picture of this character. And he's this sort of, you know, like slightly tubular slug uh, and then you sort of go there's something in that that i kind of like and they liked as well but it needed something else because the character was all it was fun and bouncy and bubbly and be your best friend and all that um but the, but in terms of the sound of him there was just something else that we sort of felt i need to add to it and you thought well, what's a slug got that we can add to this we thought I know, moisture. Moisture. So he added some moisture to him, and suddenly he got sluggy. So he's now an adorable slug. Yeah. That's amazing. 
And so it's funny how these little characteristics come about because he can be lovable and huggable and quite adorable and a bit shy and then do something ridiculous. You know, and then, yeah! So, bam, bow! And, yeah, uh, and so, like like you were saying with that, uh, you, you referred to that one character sounded like a, a like Stewie and that's completely unintentional because it, it was just... He just started off as, as a relatively um, well-educated, well-educated chap, and then sort of got more pinched and more, um, more up himself and more sort of snidey and yeah. sneaky, and suddenly it turns into this. And so, yeah, it, it, it's it's funny the way things go. But um, he, he's another joy to play. But Two Point Hospital, Two Point Hospital. If you have a PC a Nintendo Switch, a console, a- anything nearby, a toaster. It's available on pretty much anything these days, and it, it's it's an absolute hoot to play. I thoroughly recommend it. Good, good. I've got an Xbox. Uh, my kids have got Switches, wow. so I shall, I, I shall make sure that they get it downloaded and to play. Have you, they, ever... they actually, you know what? They actually like, my, my youngest likes that sort of stuff. He likes to be mm. able to do all of that, whereas my, my eldest prefers to play one, like, like sort of... Um, a player mode. He likes to do, yes. he like my my youngest likes things like Minecraft and and that mm. sort of stuff. And my oldest yeah. likes things like Sonic and Mario and. Have you ever played pinball on a Nintendo Switch? I haven't. No. It's so good. Pinball Effects Three on Nintendo Switch is absolutely awesome. There's when they um, when Sega released. Uh, two Point Hospital on console. They said, you know, they offered. They said we'd like to send you a copy. I said, thank you very much. And they asked me what format I'd like it on. And I thought, well, I've heard pinball is really good on on Switch. So I, so I thought I better buy a Switch. I said, I'd like it on Switch, please. Yeah. So they sent me it on Switch, and so then I had to buy a Switch. And um, the first, I, full disclosure, the first games I played before Two Point Hospital were um, Pinball Effect Three. It's so good. <laughs> It's, I'm not in it, but it's really, really good. I shall have to check that out because I, I haven't played it. I haven't at oh, all. Oh, man. Uh, well, well Two Point Hospital on Switch is actually terrific. It's really, uh, so I thoroughly recommend it. But, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a secret, I'm not sure it's much of a secret, uh, fan of pinball. So anywhere I, do you remember when we used to be able to travel places? Do you yes. remember we used to go, go places and yeah. see people and be moderately sociable? Um, well, back in those days, when I'd travel around, I used to, uh, you know, I love going to see, um, um, in Chicago, the, the home of pinball. There's some great places there and in New York and Brooklyn, great place to play pinball. Uh, and anyway, um, I am in a brand new pinball machine. <laughs> You bought, you bought a of, brand new pinball machine? No, I'm in one. Oh, you're in one? Yeah, so they've just released uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, God. the pinball game. And it's a proper new new breed of old school, you know, classic pinball machines. Yeah. But now there's a, whole, um, there's a whole resurgence over the past few years. They have just turned into this massive deal. It's it's a, it's got such a following pinball uh, across the states um, in the UK, but across the world, the interest is is astonishing. And um, I've I've I, I, I'm a a couple of years ago I went out to Chicago just as a fan uh, to just watch some of these people talk about what they do because it, it's nice. just something that fascinates me. You know, the how do they make these games, the geometry, the artwork, all this stuff. It's just interesting. You know, it, it's like if you like a if you like a chef or a really good baker to hear them yeah, talk yeah. 
how do you do it? That's nice. So, um, and bit by bit, they found out a few different people that work in the industry found out that they had a fan in me, I guess, that does what I do, that likes yeah. what they do. And long story short, I got um, invited to work with them and uh, everything had to go through Nickelodeon. And, you know, so my voice is, my, my characters have all been approved by them. And so I'm now part of that roster of, um, well, oh. the, the privileged few that have been allowed to perform these characters. And so there's a brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine. The animation, you should see some of this animation. It looks absolutely stunning uh that it's prop it's like a like it's like you're playing a roller coaster no it's full of action but i'm the voice of um splinter and bebop and rocksteady oh bebop and rocksteady as well bebop and rocksteady yeah i'll get you twipes and and there's uh, and Splinter is kind of your narrator as you play this game. So, so you, it, even as you just start the thing, you hear, choose your turtle. Leonardo has been chosen. Now it is time for training. You know, it's, That's it's brilliant. It's, it's very mystical. And then you got, uh, yeah, peep up and rock steady. And Baxter and Baxter fly and all these people, the whole thing's incredible. That's amazing. How did you get into doing voice acting? Because it's not something that you can just sort of fall into, is it? I think it's like, well, it's like anything creative. You know, the, there's, it came from a point of, I, I love it. I adore it. My heroes were people that worked in this kind of field. So as a, you know, ever since I could hear, I've been absorb, ab, absorbing that kind of world, I guess. Yeah. I've, I've always had a musical ear. I've, I've played the keyboard ever since I was about you know, six years old, no, seven years old. Um, I'm rusty as hell. If you want a proper keyboard player, speak to my friend Rich. Rich, I used to think uh, I used to think that I could play the keyboard. Then I met Rich, and then you realize no, Rich can play the keyboard. He can play I it. Own, I own a keyboard. It's a difference. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the difference between it's between the difference between someone that does it and the difference between someone that does it and then someone that gets it. He yeah. Believes. When you when you when you see a mate up on stage with Nile Rogers, you know he's doing something right. Oh, he's on. He's been on stage with Nile Rogers. Oh. So yeah, if you need a if you need a good uh, keyboard tweaker, he's your fella. But nice. there's um, but no, I, I started off as I start, I did work experience at a radio station, a local radio station, and I wanted I was always, always fascinated with studios, and it was I think with most people, if you have a love of something creative, it's not just one thing; it's a whole bunch of stuff you like. And and so I, I love music, I like tech, I like you know, these characters and performance, animation, all these things. Big fan of Henson and the Muppets. Big fan of oh, Star Wars, yes, yes. And, you know, all this stuff. And I, I did work experience at a radio station. And then, um, bit, you know, I, I would sit in and watch these brilliant people work in the studio. The, the producers making commercials and things. And you go, oh, that's what that voice guy sounds like. Well, that's what she looks like. And, oh, that's, that's how you make um, a voice sound like it's on the radio. Or make it sound like it's from Mission Control. Or that's yeah. all, all these different things. And I, I learned just by watching people who I thought were good. And then you go away and you try stuff yourself. And it's, I, I taught myself. I mean, I didn't have any courses or anything back then. And I just taught, I did what I thought was right. That's it. That's amazing. And, and bit by bit, I started out as a producer. Um, I became good at production, music production, and, and putting big packages together to like sell stuff and um, sell you know commercials and things. And then uh, I did a radio show for uh, a couple of years, two, three years. And, and within about six months, I got offered something on Radio 1, and nice. then, which I declined because I wasn't ready for it. 
no, I, that's fair. I didn't. I didn't feel that. I, that was. I didn't feel I was ready or good enough. And I want. I didn't want to move to London. And there's that thing too where you have to do what you think's right for you. So I stayed here, and I'm glad I did. But I was so flattered that they even wanted to entertain, have you know, bringing me down and having a chat. Yes. So um, did that, and then bit by bit. Um, Decided to the the the, the radio station um, changed hands. The people that ran it, it turned into a job. The the thing that I loved about working there changed, and I thought, well, I'll give it a year. I'm grateful to have a job, but I'm going to try and find new work and nurture, you know, n- nurture the work and figure out what I really should be doing. And and long story short, it was clear that I had a love of animation. I was getting I was getting decent, getting there. creating character uh, character voices and i had the production skills to put a show reel together to demonstrate what i could do and so i i i I took a leap of of, uh hope and thought well i'm I'm going to go to full-time performance and and do that and and i'm just very grateful that it's you know it's worked out okay it's worked out brilliantly i think I think it's worked out brilliantly for you. I think it, I think the characters you've got that you've you've done are so so unique in in themselves, and they're so distinguishable from each other. There's none yeah. that that are exactly the same, or no, even thanks. close to being the same. Yeah, thanks, and I'm I'm proud of that. And you've got to have that. That's I, I, again, you go you you have brilliant directors, great writers. Um, the people that created from scratch, the people whose yeah. shows they are. Um, you've got all these different people that drive where your performance goes. I think it's the, an equivalent would be like a really good musician or, or a good musician where um, there are some people that have, you know, you're, you're probably kind of inevitably you, people have a sort of almost like a house sound to what they do as a performer yeah. often. Um, but same with the musician, you know, there'll they'll, they'll be a band where before they've even started singing, you know that it's them. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can you can still have massive variety in what you do. It's you know, it, and I, I love that. I really love the variety in terms of shows and characters and projects. So it's it there'll be you know stuff for preschool kids stuff, uh, cool teenage driven shows, action adventure stuff for for adults. There'll be you know commercials stuff for toys, uh, theater theme parks. Uh, movies, you know, um, Star Wars, or Lego, loads of stuff, and it's it, it's it's fantastic. And, and same with creating new characters for games. Where, when you to be part of something where you're just working with brilliant people, brilliant yes. other, you know, you've got um, other people in the room, and they are truly the best within their field that you're going to find. To be honest, in in that kind of in that kind of world, I mean, with with Two Point Hospital, the um you know the the writing on it is of such a high standard it, yeah. it's it's re- the guy's points of reference are terrific it's really funny i highly recommend you have a listen i i will i will genuinely go and download it onto the switch there you go i will genuinely go and do that and actually play it because i like playing the switch as much as my kids i just need to get the time to do it because they're always on <laughs> always on it and, th- and then buy yourself the teenage mutant ninja turtles pinball machine i'm gonna do you know what Yes, because I love pinball. I love old school pinball, so I will do. I, I will put it on my Christmas list. There you go, dear Santa. Dear Santa, I would like. Yeah, yeah. I would like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball for the Switch, please. That's exactly. Oh I've no, been so a it's good not, boy this year. Oh no, it's not on the Switch. It, you need. You need to buy the. It's an actual pinball machine. Oh, an actual pinball machine. It's uh, an okay, actual. Well, I'll, 
I've been a very good boy this year, so Santa should definitely try and get me that. There's a company called Pinball Heaven. Speak to them, go, go online, treat yourself to a, a beautiful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine. It will fit nicely in the middle of my living room. There you, there you go. You probably Perfect. need to take the sofa out, but it's worth it. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Old school pinball machines are, are brilliant, and they're so fun and energetic. And Oh, this is, this is new school. It's got an HD screen in it. The sound is oh. incredible. You've got the, 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 the theme that you love. You've got stacks of characters, animation. The light show is, is incredible. Even if, even if you don't play it, it just looks incredible. It looks stunning. It looked incredible. I sure there's got to be something on YouTube to have a look at it as well. I'll have to see if I can yeah. dig out and have a look at someone giving it a giving it a whirl and have a look because yeah, I like that. Have a bash. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Mark, before obviously Zoom boots me out, um, what is your favourite character that you've created and that you have performed as? What's your favourite? It changes. It's. Re- I genuinely don't have fav- uh, a, a one favourite. There's a whole bunch of them. I mean, I adored working on Star Wars because I'm a Star Wars fan, and to yeah. to just work with George Lucas was a thrill. You know, yeah. that's so. Uh, you know, my role in Star Wars is small. You know, it is. You know, I'm the voice of Axmo from Star Wars Episode One. So in the in the Senate scene in episode one, you, you will see a, a guy there, very handsome guy with like a goat's head and three eyes and pretty dry skin. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of speeches and very important things that happen in that scene. One of the things you'll hear him say, uh, uh, the Congress of Malastair concur with the right I honorable delegate of the Trade Federation. Him, that fella. I so, remember that. That's the one. Uh, so, you know, again, in the Star Wars universe, um, there are bigger characters, but but in the, I'm still very proud. I've got my own Star Wars trading card. We've done nice. sessions in New York. Uh, and, and just to be part of it is, uh, you know, it's led, it's led on to me doing things like hosting um, a Star Wars or hosting Star Wars symphonies at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, nice. You know, things like that. So, so that's a thrill. Um, I grew up as a massive fan of Scooby-Doo. Uh, I, I, I met Domestic, the original voice of Scooby, yeah. right at the very beginning of me doing this. And then about 10 years ago, I, I got brought in um, to perform uh, Scooby and Shaggy for the UK. And um, again, that's very exciting. So the first time I, fi- I found myself you know, officially in a room and you, f- and you hear yourself going, Zoik's like, man, it's really creepy, Scooball pal. Right, Scoob? <laughs> yeah, creepy. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Oh, dear. It was one of those sort of oh, pinch yourself. That's amazing. Oh. You know, and, and, and in the end, you know, anyone other than Domestic, you know, the, 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 hats off to Domestic. He's the guy that created yeah. that. But, but any one of us that's had the privilege of performing those character voices since the originals aren't around that's anymore, amazing. that's treasure. Then, then, you know, but I mean, currently, I mean, today on CBB's 450, on CBB's and iPlayer, check it out. Uh, Go Jetters, and again, brilliant cast. Everything else is lovely with it, and I, I really do adore Grandmaster Glitch. He's huge fun. Yeah, there's, there's, there's loads of them for for just different reasons. Uh, but That's uh, fair. Yeah. It's like, it's like kids, let's, I guess. Let's, can't, can't let's pick Grandmaster Glitch for now. Okay, okay, we'll go with Grandmaster Glitch. There you go. Oh, uh, be a different one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be another one tomorrow. Yeah. Oh dear, uh, Mark. 
thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Honestly, hey, thank you so, so much. It's, it's nice to talk to you and uh, great to see, uh, well, again, we, we, when we first started speaking, it looks like you're sitting on a park bench. Uh, yeah. not, I, I wish I was on a nice park bench. So yeah, well, I wish I was. I, I'm. You've inspired me to go out and buy a park bench that looks like Good. whatever it is you're actually sitting on. Good. You've inspired me to go and buy loads of stuff. So I'll send you. Yeah, the So you got. Okay. So for, for the list, you've got. You've got to get in touch with Pinball Heaven and, and treat yourself to. This is yeah. This is it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Pinball. We're gonna. You're gonna get Two Point Hospital. Yep. Uh, you're gonna buy all the episodes of Thunderbirds of iTunes. We're gonna watch Go Jetters on iPlayer. You got getting, it all. getting it all. I'm getting it all. Okay. Uh, Mark, thank you so much. Honestly, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate the time. I really do. Nice to chat, mister. You too, Mark. You too. Take care, buddy. (laughs) See you. Enjoy your pinball machine. I will. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Ta-da.